Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. We're presented to you by Fantasy Draft. Again, if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, what are you waiting for? Not only are they a great sponsor, they're putting out a different dynamic product that uh, I think, at least me as a player, having a lot of success over there and uh, with great free contests and uh, a way to kind of divvy up your head-to-head games by skill level. A lot of reasons to check them out, and hopefully you can support them uh, as they sponsor this podcast and, of course, our 430 shows. So they're allowing us to provide you with a lot of free content here on rotogrinders.com, and uh, certainly check them out. Again, two-pitcher format, infielders, outfielders, and utility. So Tons of flexibility, and I think that makes for a really compelling uh, DFS game this baseball season. So check them out over at Fantasy Draft. Uh, go through our links over on Roto Grinders, get your bonus, and then you're going to also get access to our premium content there for three months. Uh, joining me today, though, on the podcast, decided to bring on Chris Gimino, who uh, you might recognize from our trend spotting column that is a part of our premium product over at Roto Grinders. He's also uh, one of the guys behind the development of a new tool over at Roto Grinders that we're launching today. It is still in beta mode. There's maybe some things we can improve upon, but it is called Plate IQ. And of course, this is kind of uh, springboarding off of our Court IQ tool that we had for basketball season. And uh, we brought Plate IQ front and center here at Roto Grinders. It should be available to you on the site very soon, but if you just go to rotogrinders.com slash plate IQ, you can get a little bit of a uh, glance at it yourself. And uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. Great to have you on with us today. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, plate IQ is something that's uh, being launched in beta. It's the first version of our MLB matchups tool, and we're excited to take a look at it, see what it can do. I think now it's got some great information and it's only going to get better. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was obviously a part, little bit part of this discussion, not nearly as much as you were, but I know in the preliminary talks uh, was, hey, we wanted something where we can get a lot of information that's matchup based on a single page, and I think we accomplished that. Uh, take me through exactly, you know, uh, from your perspective, what we wanted to accomplish with this tool, and exactly what people will see on it when they go there. What we want to do is we want to give people a quick overview of each game 
uh, as well as the, the ability to take a deeper look at how well each individual batter lines up with the pitcher that they're going to face for the day. So, for example, if I'm looking at Tanaka today, I can find out what Tanaka's K rate is very quickly versus lefties and righties, and then scrolling over to what Boston does against lefties and righties from a strikeout perspective and get a sense of how good his strikeout matchup is. That's just one example of some things you can do very quickly with plate IQ. You know, get a sense of how the pitcher matches up with the exact lineup the opponents will roll out that day. So the other things that you can do is also get some deeper details as far as heat maps of you know what pitches Tanaka throws, where he throws them as far as the zone is concerned, and how well the, each individual batter hits against them. And we have a bunch of heat maps that you can look at to see how well each hitter hits once again against the pitcher they'll face that day. We've also got some pitch types comparisons. And again, as time moves on, we're only going to be improving and adding more robust data to these tools to allow you context of what pitch types specifically each hitter will hit. So that's what we're looking at here with Plate IQ. It's basically a matchup tool that gives you both a broad overview and some in-depth looks at the matchup of the day. Yeah, so I think initially we kind of conceived it strictly as like a pitch type deal, but the more that we looked at it, we kind of uh, figured like expanding beyond that was was smart to kind of give it just a an easy you know matchup um, based place to go to for each and every game so uh, again um, it's got a drop down which you can select which game and what I love too is we also have you know uh, the uh, you can set the parameters of the statistics and whether or not you want for their career the last two seasons uh, this season last season or even just the last month so I think that's really nice too to kind of give you uh, larger sample size or smaller sample size, depending on you know what you want to look at in particular. So uh, you know certainly something that uh, I think is important and a nice addition to the tool. Uh, we're going to talk about some games in particular here. We're going to obviously break down the slate. That's what you tune in for this for, and we'll use some of these uh, uh, you know tools with uh, Plate IQ along the way. Uh, but explain to me and you know. And other novices out there, not that I'm a total novice, but, uh, you know, the heat maps and the pitch type comparison, you know, those are the two things, you know, I think most people are familiar with WOBA, ISO, ground ball percentage, K percentage, but I think the heat maps and the pitch type comparison is going to be something that's very new for people who, you know, looking at statistics and looking at matchups that they haven't done in the past. So what should we be looking for on these? Because again, you get specific heat maps for not just a particular game, you get them for individual players. So you got to, you know, click the player and then the heat map will show up versus the pitcher's heat map. So what are we trying to do? Are we trying to line up a red zone with a blue zone, you know, on the heat map? Uh, what are we trying to figure out on the pitch type comparison? You know, take us through, you know, how to use these two components of this tool, because I think a lot of people won't be familiar with that. Yeah. So like I said, this is the most basic form of what these tools are eventually going to be. But right now in the heat maps, what we're looking at is we're looking at the places in the zone, which the pitcher does tend to throw uh, pitches versus that handedness of hitter. So if I'm looking at, for example, Mookie Betts, I'll see Tanaka versus right-handed where his pitches tend to go in the zone when he's pitching against right-handers. And that's overall. It's not specifically against Mookie Betts, but again, it just gives you a general idea where or we can expect more pitches to land than less. Now, as far as Betts versus Tanaka, we'll see his percentage of hits as far as 
the zone is concerned. So you'll see where there's uh, places where bets generate hits more frequently and where he generates them less frequency. And you, like you said, you can kind of line them up. You know, where is there an overlap in a place where the pitcher's throwing a lot versus a place where bets is hitting a lot if we're using him as an example here. So overall, yeah. right now, we're just looking at hit frequency. Eventually, we're going to be looking at more details as far as how hard those hits are uh, and, and maybe even what pitch types are being hit in, in certain sections of the zone. But as of right now, we're just looking you know, at basic percentages here, and it, it's a pretty good tool to figure out you know, where there might be someone who has an advantage in, in one section of the zone or another. As far as the pitch types are concerned, again, we're basically just comparing uh, the pitcher and his frequency versus league, league average to the hitter and their hitting frequency versus league average as far as a percent of hits. So it's really basic information, but you're just trying to give a baseline against the league. How good uh, is this hitter at hitting a certain pitch type? How frequently does that pitcher pitch it? So I was actually backwards on my assessment with the heat maps. You should probably be lining up red with red because if you've got a pitcher who's frequently going to pitch in a zone and that's where the hitter is you know, hitting a lot of balls um, and having success in that zone, then that's a pretty good matchup. So uh, interesting. Now I see... Um, I'm just looking at that this Mookie Betts, for example, um, uh, and Tanaka. Uh, we have some highlights there. What are those? Um, what do those mean? Like, uh, is it you know? Is what's the you know, basically? We've got one that's purple, some that are red. Uh, what do those signify on this page for the pitch type comparison? So what we're looking at is when we've got the purple highlights, we're looking at a guy who is throwing a pitch more frequently uh, than, than the league average. And when we're looking at something red, we're looking at, you know, someone who's throwing it less than the league, league average. And on the hit side of things, it's just the opposite, the, the purple. You know, we're seeing that at the lower side of things. We're seeing that as a hit type that he does not hit as well as league average. And uh, going to the red is a hit that he hits more than the league average. So basically the highlights are telling us uh, on, on a scale – whether it's good or bad as far as how well that pitch is being thrown and how well that hitter's hitting against the pitch type. Very cool. Well, we'll use some of this while we uh, break down this Tuesday night slate, which I'm actually going to make a declaration here, Chris, that I, and this is, this is a big one. I think this is the best overall slate we've had this season. And I know it's like, how do you quantify best worst? I think it's easy to quantify worst because we've had a lot of, you know, crapper slates out there. But I can't remember a slate where we've got as much pitching and really still on the flip side as many really solid hitting environments as we do today. Uh, the, I don't think we're going to see much chalk. I think you're going to have uh, quite the challenge in doing your ownership projections tonight because uh, I, don't, I don't know where the chalk is really going to lie today considering that there are so many different plays out there. Uh, I know that you run your algorithm a little bit later in the day when, when, you know, you've got more data points to, to consider, but man, is that kind of your first thoughts when looking at this slate too? Absolutely. It's usually the case that the bigger slates do tend to have spread out ownership. But I think one thing we're going to see today is we've got pitchers at varying price levels who are potentially usable and you've got hitters at varying price levels that are usable. So when you get this mix uh, of being able to build your roster in very diverse ways that almost definitely going to lead to diverse ownership percentages. So the plays that you're going to like the best are generally going to be the guys you're going to want to roll out and not overthink ownership too much. 
All right, let's get into uh, the slate. Let's get into our thoughts, our picks, guys that we're probably going to use. Again, we record this at 10 in the morning. Things change. Um, so let's start with uh, let's start with pitching here today where, you know, I, Cheese got his column out super early today, which is somebody who does early morning po- uh, content I love. And uh, he makes a great point where they're just like upwards of five, maybe six Really big name starting pitchers that we can roll out here tonight, and uh, I love these kind of nights. I love it when you when you don't know uh, where you know everybody's going to go with starting pitcher, and I think this is one of those nights. Uh, you look in an, uh, at Vegas's perspective today. The actual largest favorite, believe it or not, is Jake Arrieta at about minus two hundred. Uh, looks like the wind is blowing in out there in Chicago. We saw Eddie Butler, you know continue his surprise play yesterday by uh, keeping the Marlins in tow in his like five innings that he pitched. But, you know, Arietta is a guy who's a strong favorite tonight. Um, but the guys that I'm looking at, you know, we've got James Paxton and actually I better quantify that. He's actually a little bit larger favorite at minus two Oh five here against Minnesota. I expected him to be a strong favorite today. I didn't really expect him to be that strong of a favorite today. I know he's been, Excellent. I know this is, I believe, his third start coming off of the uh, the small disabled list stint that he's had. Um, what are you seeing with Paxton here against Minnesota? Because this was a one that I would have probably pegged at about maybe minus 165, 170, not minus 205 today. Um, and clearly, when you bring in salary to the equation, I think he's the guy that's probably going to garner the most ownership, especially on a site like DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, where... We've got uh, two pitchers to use. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Paxton to start out with? Well, I see a guy that strikes out right-handed batters at a 31.5% clip. I see a Minnesota team that strikes out about 20% of the time as a team against uh, you know with the right-handed batters. I see a baseball perspective deserved run average of 1.67 for Paxton, a stat cast FIP of 2.09, a guy who has looked nothing short of elite this season when he's been on the hill. I think the only point of concern at all for Paxton for me tonight is whether or not he'll pitch deep into the game. But for my for the dollars that you're going to spend on him, I think that he's definitely going to be a strong consideration tonight and someone I have my eye on very closely. Yeah, I think SP2, or like on two pitcher sites, I think he's borderline lock and load today um, just because of the, the price differential that you have between him and some other guys. Uh, you know, on FanDuel, for example... You look at him, he's 700 more than than Robbie Ray and, you know, or 700 less than Robbie Ray. And Ray's a guy that is also a strong favorite tonight. I think he's around minus uh, 185 and he has been absolutely dominant. He's not in the best ballpark today, but he is going against the San Diego Padres, who are a team who just aren't good offensively. And Vegas really agrees. They, you know, you don't see team totals in that ballpark uh, at three and a half very much, but we have that today and they seem to be behind Arizona uh, a good bit in this with them being such a strong favorite. Uh, looking at the the plate IQ tool, what can we gather from Robbie Ray today? Because he's definitely a guy that, that I'm looking at. I mean, the guy just completely shuts down lefties. Uh, not going to see a ton of lefties here from the Padres tonight, but certainly those guys stand no chance. Guys like Schimpf, uh, and you'll make, might see a Frenchie Cordero, who's one of the few hitters that played IQ thinks, you know, hits curveballs a little bit better than the league average. 
you know, it's him, Chase Darno, and a guy, you know, we're talking about not a lot of hitters on this team that can hit curveballs. And Robbie Ray throws the curveball quite a bit. That's one of his best pitches. So this information lines up with what Fangraph says. It lines up with what StatCast says. It lines up with what Vegas says. To me, just the only reason not to look at Ray would be because of the park factor. And I just don't see anyone on the San Diego lineup that's going to do damage here. I think he's going to get overlooked, and I think he's going to make a very strong option in tournaments. Yeah, you mentioned something about, well, I think it was the uh, Fangraphs data, what, like, no hitter on this team ranks in the top, what, 75 against the curveball? Was that right? <laughs> it's a top 100. I think oh. Hedges was the top guy at rank 114 as far as, you know, their curveball value over there on Fangraphs. So, yeah, it's not going to be a, a good night here for the Padres as far as I can see. You know, I just don't see any metrics in plate IQ or anywhere else that lead me to believe they're going to have a strong outing tonight. Uh, we've the other name that I I think is is popping here again. Uh, Chris Archer potentially against this Chicago White Sox team. He's a guy who's pitched really well at home. We obviously know the the huge K upside. I mean, the last game against Texas that was just about the worst pitching environment you can have. It was hot, nasty day out there, and uh, you know he he wasn't terrible. Still got you seven strikeouts in seven innings, but the four earned runs really kind of brought down some of the upside. Uh, for him that day I'm seeing a lot of early on people early on here kind of looking to him as maybe their preference uh, on the higher end between Max Scherzer who's really priced up and then maybe a Jacob deGrom in back in Texas which I think is a bad spot we don't really want to go there and then Jake Jake Arrieta so let's talk Archer versus Arietta today because I think this is a decision that uh, I think more people are going to go to Archer over Arietta. what's your take on these two? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I mean, I think those two pitchers are both going to be pretty popular here, but we've got five guys, according to Plate IQ, who strike out more than 20% versus righties. And, of course, we know that Chris Archer, one of the best strikeout pitchers in the major leagues. We've got, got you know, a 159 ISO uh, to right-handed pitching this year. And that includes a 303 BABIP to right-handed pitching as far as the White Sox are concerned here. So, a, you know, 1.8 deserve run average from – baseball perspective assigned to Archer been pitching really well this season. It's just, it looks to me like Archer is in a really good spot here. You know, I, I I'm not fearing what the White Sox are bringing to the table against right-handed pitching and Archer has just been, a, he's been excellent this year. And on the flip side, we've got Arietta in Chicago, the wind blowing in, uh, against this Marlins team, which, uh, you know, the, they're not bad. I mean, I was, it's funny cause you, I, I don't know about you, but you know, Normal baseball stats you don't, like, keep up with in terms of, like, what's somebody doing, uh, like, how many runs, RBIs, or even a home run somebody has for a particular year. I was surprised to see Justin Bohr had more home runs than Giancarlo Stanton does this year. Uh, but, you know, with that wind blowing in in Wrigley, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll be curious to see what Vegas sets this number at. I'd probably project it at maybe, like, seven and a half today. Uh, what are your thoughts there on, on, on Arietta? Because he's a guy that's, you know, at, at times has looked good, but at other times seems hittable out there. Um, the game logs, if we look at him in, you know, the last couple of games, he hasn't been going particularly deep, only six innings. Uh, he hasn't actually gone past six innings since the second start this season. Uh, six against San Diego, six against Los Angeles, six against Milwaukee, six against St. Louis. 
I think that's a little bit worrisome, especially when you can get, you know, Archer for a little bit more at home. And that doesn't seem to be quite as big of a problem for him. What do you think on Arietta tonight? Well, I really like him. First of all, I like the price tag. That's the first thing I like about Arietta tonight on a site like Fantasy Draft. You can get him on the cheap. I like that his indicators, as far as StatCast, FIP, Sierra, uh, DRA, they're all fairly low, a lot lower than you would think, just based on the performance we've seen from Arietta so far this season. I mean, the the opponent has a high ground ball percent. You mentioned Justin Bohr, who's been absolutely smashing this year. You know, one of the league leaders in barrel rate as a percentage of his batted balls. He's been very good this year, like you said, but I don't think he's going to be in the lineup. And if he is in the lineup, that's certainly a downgrade for area, but not enough with the wind blowing in for me to want to come off him. You know, 11.2 swing and strike rate for Arietta isn't super fantastic, but it's it's way better than the league average. And uh, I'm just looking at this spot for Arietta as maybe a get right spot. And that's how I'm seeing it at this hour. Yeah, he is pretty cheap over there in fantasy draft. 17-4 uh, versus Archer at 24 on FanDuel. Bigger difference what 10-7 for or closer difference 10-7 for Archer 10-3 for Arietta I think again tonight's looking like one of those nights it really depends on where you're playing what you're uh, what you're trying to do now the names that we kind of left out here were DeGrom and Scherzer uh you know Max Scherzer Vegas not super excited about him today at only minus 112 uh favorite here against the Dodgers who have a pretty prolific offense and then, you know, DeGrom in Texas, I, I don't really see a reason to play anybody in Texas right now. This is that time of year where, you know, you've got hot, humid air. It's supposed to be 87 degrees tonight. Um, and, you know, we've seen guys like Chris Archer go out there and, you know, struggle a little bit. So uh, I think DeGrom, outside of just a tournament play at low ownership, I'm not really using him whatsoever. Uh, Scherzer could be a guy that, uh, we could get at low ownership tonight because I think most people will look at that salary and say, nah, not going to do it. But, uh, do you got any metrics on him today that are good or bad against this, uh, Dodgers lineup? Well, I think what we want to look at when we talk about Scherzer is, you know, what, how do you get to him? You kind of hit for power with lefty bats, right? And I think that there's some guys here in this Dodger lineup that could do damage guys like Seager, Grandal. Uh, Cody Bellinger, maybe even Adrian Gonzalez could wake up uh, and hit one. But for the most part, you know, Scherzer is such an elite pitcher that I would still consider using him in tournaments, even though there are some guys who can take advantage of his weakness. Uh, against right-handed pitching this season, his strikeout percentage is 44%. I, I hope that's right. That just seems ridiculous. But, geez, 44% strikeouts to right-handed bats. So you, we shouldn't expect to see too many of them here in this lineup. Still 23% against lefties. Uh, we're, we're talking about a guy who's going to go under own mostly because of his price tag on a site like Fantasy Draft, where it's just absurdly high. But on a site like FanDuel, this guy's underpriced, and maybe he won't be as out of control low owned as I think he might be on some of these other sites. But ultimately, he makes for a great tournament play, not someone I'm looking to immediately in cash games, although I wouldn't hate you if he did it. And FanDuel in particular, just because I'm looking at their salaries right now, uh, just Drop the floor on the uh, on the Dodgers bats here today. I mean, you can, you talked about power lefties. You can get Cody Bellinger at twenty eight hundred today. You can get uh, Corey Seager at twenty seven hundred today. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez is twenty four hundred. Grandal is at twenty five. So it, it, it you know you've been playing this game as long as I have. Isn't it kind of funny to see Fanduel with um, with 
dynamic pricing based on starting pitching. Like I never thought I'd really see that day, but we're here, and uh, and it, it it makes it tempting. You know, they've kind of had those those weird salaries with uh, Chris Sale on the mound and with uh, Kershaw on the mound, and now they're starting to do it a little bit with Scherzer. But you know, as a one off, uh, trying to you know pop a, a home run at low ownership under three K, you know, you make a pretty good case with you know power lefties being the issue, and that's actually something that Dodgers do have a few of. So throwing that idea yep. out there. Do you ever hear stories of like NFL guys getting mad about their Madden rating? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Do you think Do you think Scherzer should be mad that he's not getting like the fifteen hundred dollar treatment that Kershaw was getting? I mean, this guy's a really good pitcher, and you know the prices are low on some of these Dodgers. But I don't know if I was Scherzer, maybe I'd be a little mad he's not getting the same treatment. Uh, you know, fifteen more strikeouts tonight or something, and maybe maybe they'll go that route. Um, in terms of lower dollar pitchers, I don't. You know, it's funny we were talking a little bit before, and you were throwing a few names out there. Uh, you know, what do we think of Lamette from San Diego? What do we think of Aaron Nola? You've got Drew Pomerantz, who's looked really good lately. Uh, and I said, you know what? On any other given slate, I think I'd love to dig deeper and, and find, you know, that mega value guy that, that's going to set me apart. But there's so many of these guys up top that I'm not really worried about doing that because... You know, I think the ownership's going to be split up, and I don't think there's that much of an edge to be had to be, you know, taking a risk on some of these guys. But clearly, there's a lot of risk, I think, in in some of these other guys uh, in the lower tier. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And are there any of those guys that you're looking at? Because for me, I don't really see it at all. I mean, the one thing about today, though, I will say, and we talked about this as well before the show. Yesterday's line out there in Atlanta was a 10, okay? And you saw Philadelphia put up a boatload of runs yesterday. Today, that line is 8.5. You know, from a game-to-game basis with wind and weather not playing a factor, you usually don't see 1.5 run totals from one game to another. So, you know, maybe there's something in that game that we can look at where at least from Vegas's perspective, they feel like the matchups are, are much more beneficial towards the pitcher than they were yesterday. Uh, we all know that weather does tend to drive people crazy in DFS. The first thing I'd be looking at right now is Kevin Roth's weather report. He's got it at yellow-orange out there, which should certainly give us some pause when we're talking about a starting pitcher like Nola, but his price tag is ridiculously low. And just like last night where people got off that game in droves when they saw the weather, it ended up being the game that you needed to have to win. So I'm not saying don't play Nola, but for you know what Atlanta's been doing on offense this year, how bad he's been the last couple of games, how that park has been playing this season, and the situation as far as other options on the slate. Like I, I don't, I just don't know if Nova's going to be the guy that you absolutely need to have in your roster to win today. Albeit uh, he is certainly a heck of a lot better than Nick Pavetta in the situation, a lot better for. Uh, no on the amount today than than what we saw yesterday in Atlanta. Yeah, but he's also like, I mean, is he is he right? I mean, he's given up nine earned runs in the last two starts to you know Miami and Cincinnati. So I think there's a little bit of concern there, and and whether or not you know how how healthy he is, he hasn't really shown it yet, at least uh, recently. So that's my worry there. I actually don't hate Jaime Garcia a little bit too. I mean, he's a guy that. Typically, uh, we don't look to roster, but you know, last three games, um, really, really solid. Three quality starts. Um, only picked up the win points in one of them. 
Uh, but again, you're talking about limited K upside on a day where you've got Archer and Arietta and Paxton and uh, and Degrom and you know so many Robbie Ray and Scherzer. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So uh, let's turn our attention to the bats here tonight. And you know, for with there being as many pitching options as there are, there definitely are some spots that you know uh, at first glance really look appealing to me and uh, I'm going to start with the Angels and the Tigers here because uh, I always again have something in my head like where do I think this is going to be what's the implied run total going to be for a particular team and I was a little bit surprised to see Detroit sitting at 5.23 today obviously they've got some big big bats in their lineup Um, but you know we were talking before and it seems to be some some data that backs up why this Tigers lineup, you know, should be able to go off against Jesse Chavez today. Yeah, so Chavez has a surprisingly uh, high exit velocity allowed to right-handed bats. The hard minus soft doesn't look very good. Uh, 8.2% uh, value hits stat produced on xstats.org. That just basically shows how many hits are of the highest quality that the pitcher allows. He's got a low K percentage against right-handed bats, uh, high fly ball percentage, And wind looks like it's going to be blowing out. So uh, for me, Chavez is looking like a sneaky spot to target here, albeit that Vegas has unsneakified it with a very high implied run total for the Tiger Bats. And we know know they have powerful right-handers like Miguel Cabrera, like J.D. Martinez, absolutely ripping it, uh, plus 2.8 miles per hour in the last 15 days versus his average since the start of last year as far as exit velocity is concerned. So uh, definitely very interested in the Tiger Bats today. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think from top to bottom, like, you know, typically there's, uh, I don't want to say everybody, but especially new people tend to think like, oh, you know, lefty righty splits. You don't want to take, you want to take the righties versus the lefties, the lefties versus the righties. But that's not always the case. And this is certainly one of those here with, uh, with Jesse Chavez. And I think it's kind of indicative in terms of at least Vegas's projection, and then some of the numbers that you mentioned to back it up. And, you know, the salaries on these guys, you know, they're kind of middle of the road. I'm looking fantasy draft in particular right now, and they usually correspond pretty well with uh, with DraftKings. And you can get Miguel Cabrera for, you know, under 9K over there. Alex Avila under 7K. Victor Martinez under 7K. Obviously, JD is going to be over 10 on that site, so he's going to be the most expensive. But even a Castellanos, who I always think is kind of a sneaky option that people overlook uh, in the sevens over there. So you can get some of these uh, Tiger Bats in a pretty good spot tonight. So they're definitely uh, a team that I'm looking at. Uh, what about Coors Field today? You know, we're, this is what makes this slate so great is we get the Indians taking a, you know, starting a series here in Colorado. Uh, there's that old narrative, first game in Colorado, nobody ever hits. I don't know how accurate that really is. But uh, anytime somebody walks into Coors, you're interested. But uh, 10.5 total here. It looks like Cleveland does have the highest implied run total just by – uh, a slim margin over the uh, Tigers today at 5.38 right now. Um, any numbers, uh, whether it's through Plate IQ or uh, StatCast or anything, that stands out here for the Indians? Yeah, so Kipnis is priced pretty well for this game across the industry. We're looking at a guy with a 186 ISO this season against right-handed pitching, uh, 302 Woba. A guy doesn't strike out all that often, and uh, you know against the pitcher – Versus lefty, who doesn't get as many strikeouts, 
who had some walk issues against lefties this season. And uh, we're playing in Coors Field, so we're talking about, you know, the ability for additional gap power, additional home run power. You know, Kipnis is looking like a really strong hitter here on the slate that I do like quite a bit here. Uh, obviously, most of the Indians lineup is a place we should consider here. Uh, they're looking like a 196 ISO team on average, according to play IQ, as far as the whole lineup's concerned. So overall, this is looking like a really good spot here for the Indians. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think our initial uh, lineup for them, because I think the last time they faced a right-handed pitcher, did not have Edwin Encarnacion in there. So you factor him in. He's probably going to crack this lineup tonight, I would think. And uh, another big power bat. And I was reading Cheese this morning, and uh, that sounds weird to say. I was reading Cheese <laughs> this morning, but I think you all know the concept uh, or, or you know what that means. But he makes a pretty good case against Senzatella in terms of somehow in his six career starts against or in Coors Field, the ERA is three, but yet, you know, he's got a BABIP of 241, a K rate below 15%, an XFIP of 464. So it feels like, you know, some of those numbers is ready for some regression here to, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of get back to, you know, some, some bigger numbers there in Coors Field. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And, and I think that this, this Cleveland team hasn't been great this season offensively. I think they're starting to come around a little bit. And uh, what a better place to kind of wake up than, you know, out there in, in Colorado. So definitely into the Indians today. Uh, I, I'm with you on Kipnis. I think he might be one of my favorite plays uh, on the slate. Uh, other spots for us to uh, look at for bats tonight. Um, give, me a few, give me another one that you like. Give me another spot you like. Well, out there in cores, I mean, obviously Nolan Arenado's on the slate. Uh, he's going to be in a good spot here, despite the fact that you know we've we've seen that uh, Clevenger's pitched well this season. Uh, Transpotting, uh, I have a spreadsheet that I use to make that article and try to rate the batted ball statistics of each hitter, and Arenado's up at the tippy top uh, of that particular model today. So I'm I'm like an Arenado here, and I don't think that that's going to be groundbreaking analysis as far as where we should turn today. I think that the Cardinals disappointed yesterday, and yeah. there's some reasons to not really want to go hard after Edelman, especially how disappointing uh, a guy like Matt Carpenter has been. But he's cheap across the industry, so for uh, cash game players in that park, I, I don't mind if, if you want to try to save in your lineup and, and plug him in there, albeit that there is some cost for pause as far as how well he's hit recently. You can say the same about Jerko. Um, Nelson Cruz. Uh, I think he's going to be out there against a lefty today. Uh, he's extremely highly rated for me today. I don't see why we wouldn't be looking at Nelson Cruz versus lefty. Always. I mean, always look at Nelson Cruz versus a lefty. It's just uh, there, there are a few rules that I have out there, and that is one of them. Uh, let's talk about the Mets here because this is another team that uh, Vegas run total over five here. Dylan G, I didn't even realize he was in the league, and sure enough, here he is. He shows up and uh, and draws the start tonight, and I mean that's a huge run total. The Mets they've got a nice offense at times, but Dylan G's numbers against lefties have been really, really mediocre to bad. And let's face it, that's what the Mets give you: strong left-handed bats, and Conforto, and Bruce, and Walker, and Duda, even Granderson there. Uh, you know, you look for these matchups here where, where you've got that, I don't say gas can, but borderline gas can, certainly against that handedness of pitcher. This might be the spot here 
for this Mets offense. And when we factor in ballpark, like this is looking pretty, pretty sexy spot for me. Man, we got Coors Field, Chase Field. We've got the Tigers out there. We've got individual bats galore across a massive slate today. So we're, we're looking at Texas here, and I'm seeing a spot that is just not going to be the stone cold chalk. And that's going to leave some value to be had on guys like Conforto, uh, 404 Wobo, you know, 303 ISO this season versus the handedness. We're looking at Jay Bruce, who's also been outstanding, uh, and a guy like Lucas Duda, who's been red hot lately. Uh, I, I think this is a stack. It is a, you know, a stack with Cabrera at the shortstop position. It helps you fill a more difficult spot. He's somewhat underpriced. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing here on the Mets side of things today. And uh, I don't think it's going to be tremendously highly owned, although I don't expect it to be low-owned either. Yeah, Duda, uh, last month versus right-handed pitching, 401 Woba, 310 on that ISO, and uh, a, low, a K rate below 20%, which is always good. And uh, and he's a guy that, you know, see, let me see where his salaries are at tonight. Let me bring that up real quick because he's been underpriced. And, yeah, on FanDuel, 2900 over there. DraftKings and Fantasy Draft have him juiced up a little bit at 49 and 96. I'm assuming that they've kind of juiced up uh, all the Mets bats here tonight because, you know, again, they do factor in ballpark. They do factor in pitcher. And uh, let's see, yeah, Conforto on DraftKings over 5K, almost 10K over on Fantasy Draft. So going to be a little bit tougher to get them in, but, you know, on FanDuel, uh, it seems it might be a little bit better spot. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the FanDuel special today. You ready for the FanDuel special? Let's get it. Okay, now let's. This is assuming he's in the lineup tonight, and I tweeted this out a little bit earlier today because FanDuel is notorious for not having players in their player pool after they've been in the league for like two weeks. So to my shock, very pleasant shock. Uh, Brett Phillips there for Milwaukee, uh, is actually in the player pool today and, uh, he is going against Matt Cain and assuming he cracks the lineup, he is only 2000 over there on FanDuel and on a night like tonight where we've got high dollar pitching, maybe some big bats that you want. Uh, I look at the profile here of Phillips and this guy was raking in the minors this season, uh, in 175 at bats, 11 home runs, four triples, 10 doubles in triple a, uh, a 957 OPS. And against Matt Kane, you know, this is a guy who is almost allowing like two home runs per nine on the road over the last like three or four years. He's just awful. Once you get him away from, uh, that spacious ballpark in San Francisco, if you want your low dollar crapper on FanDuel tonight, Brett Phillips at 2K. Take note. Well, you want to talk about a spot that could get overlooked tonight. Matt Cain in Miller Park, that's a spot that could oh. get overlooked tonight. Uh, so that's going to put Eric uh, Thames in the mix as well. But, yeah, and it's interesting. I didn't look in too much uh, to this guy, Phillips. I got his Fangraph page up right now. Interesting call, Dan. I'll have to take a look at this a little bit later. Uh, I'm definitely all for going after Matt Cain, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, for 2K, like if he profiles to have any sort of power against Matt Cain, you feel like – there's a pretty good shot he's gonna he can do something. Like, is it gonna happen? I don't know. It's his second game, I think, ever in the big league. So uh yeah, there's no guarantee of success there, but the risk that you have is minimal. And what it allows you to do in other spots, I think could be really, really interesting. So I think he pops in terms of uh, some of the 
projection models that uh, that I've been seeing this morning. Uh, quickly, I'm going to give you some plays for our sponsor site on Fantasy Draft. Again, I think it's a unique site where the floor on, on players over on Fantasy Draft is so low when you find some that, that uh, are in good spots you kind of take advantage of that. And uh, one guy under 5K today to look at could be Ricky Weeks against Quintana. You know, his numbers versus lefties over the last two years, a 374 Woba and a 254 ISO. And he comes in at under 5K over there. So uh, Ricky Weeks is a name to uh, definitely consider in terms of, you know, the the price that you're getting. Uh, Carpenter still feels really cheap at 7,200 over there. So he's not a floor play. But uh, if you're looking for fair and balanced guys, he and Carlos Gonzalez today against Clevenger. What do you what do you have on Clevenger? You know, this is a guy that I don't, you know, I haven't gotten a good read on. Uh, you know, I looked at him a little bit earlier on. Obviously, we're not playing him out in Coors. But uh, what do the numbers say on him this season, and how good is he really? Yeah, so his deserve run average from baseball perspectives is really low, but it does not match his stat cast fit of 5.22. So I'm interested to see, you know, over time, whether this turns out to be kind of a real thing for Clevenger. I mean, overall, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that jumps off the page as well. This guy is going to be worth fading in cores, but you know, 24% poor hits is something that's helped him kind of climb the ladder here. As far as keeping the damage down this year, uh, 27% strikeout rate, you know, that increased strikeout rate certainly uh, been leading to uh, a lot of his success this year. But uh, being a, you know, not a tremendously high ground ball pitcher kind of stuff that he brings to the table here today. I, I don't I don't see any real cause for concern here today. But long term, you know, I do think he's been improving this year as a pitcher. And, and, and overall, he's uh, better than people think. Well, I gave you the BVP special yesterday of Chris Bryant. Uh, came off of it myself. The wind scared me off, and sure enough, he even hit a home run yesterday. If you're looking for that today, uh, Anthony Rizzo against Jeff Locke has been pretty one-sided. 26 at-bats, 10 hits. Four of those have left for home runs. The other uh, Three of the others have been for doubles, so he's had a ton of hard contact against Locke today. If that wind was not blowing in, I'd be more interested in Chicago today. Uh, I don't, you know, he pitched well in his first start there for Miami, but I don't think that he is a particularly great pitcher, and, uh, uh, you know, the Cubs are an offense that really has disappointed this year, but maybe tonight's a night they get it going. If you're firing a lot of lineups, they're, they're definitely a stack to maybe consider. Uh Vado today uh, against St. Louis. He has uh, pretty solid numbers against Wainwright. Again, the problem with these numbers is they're both kind of old, have been around for a while, so you can got to kind of check the context of them. But uh, pretty solid, 12 for 43, a couple of home runs, four doubles as well for Joey Vado. And then uh, Mark Trumbo um, against uh, Pittsburgh's hurler today. Who's thrown for oh Nova and obviously faced him a good bit when he was with the uh, with the Yankees and uh, Trumbo ten for twenty one with three home runs and uh, only five strikeouts. I always kind of like the one thing that I always like too is finding the batters who are going against guys who batters who strike out a lot, but they're going against pitchers who don't strike people out a lot. I feel like that's obviously a combination that you look for, and uh, and maybe that's a little bit part of the reason we've had the success there with Trumbo uh, against Ivan Nova. So uh, I'm pretty sure you're not a big BVP guy, but that's one guy to, to maybe consider because Baltimore, they're, I mean, there's just a ton of teams that are going to fly under the radar today, I think. It's just these 15-game slates, just the way it yeah, works. 
I'm not the biggest BVP guy, but I, I can get behind it if, if there's enough data or there's something that's there that makes me think that it's real. So, you know, I don't, I don't mind, uh, you know, taking some of these Baltimore guys against Nova for sure, Trumbo especially. Um, spot we didn't really talk about too much. Uh, we, we mentioned Nelson Cruz, but I think if you're looking for something that's going to be really low in tournament, some of these right-handed bats for Seattle are probably going to be pretty good values out there. Zunino, uh, Danny Valencia have been hitting it really hard uh, recently, you know, over a mile per hour versus his average since the start of last year. So I think there's uh, there's some reason to maybe look at like a mini stack of Seattle guys. And how about Danny Valencia? Last three games, he's got nine hits in three games. That's pretty good. And uh, we know that you know Dave Potts sang us a song about Valencia versus a lefty. And, uh, oh, it's Valencia today versus a lefty. And pretty fair price on him. Uh, most places, 7200 over on Fantasy Draft. FanDuel, 3200 And DraftKings, that might even be the, the spot to play him today at 3700 Getting guys under 4K near the top of that lineup. Um, not a uh, Not a bad little move there. Um, anybody, I think that kind of covers it. I mean, anything else in particular, you know, we didn't talk, you know, Blue Jays, A's. I don't really love that, that hitting situation. Uh, you know, the Nats yesterday, uh, they weren't terrible. I mean, I think they scored four runs when it was all said and done, but I mean, man, that, that stadium out there in LA just really seems to suppress power. And, uh, you know, Brandon McCarthy, not a guy I'm really afraid to pick on most times. He's been pretty solid, but, um, yeah, I just don't know if the day tonight's the night to pick on is to go with the uh, Nationals bats, especially when you look at the salaries. They're all still pretty juiced up here today. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that we didn't really mention as far as the slate is concerned is whether or not we kind of like Marco Estrada for tournaments. I don't think this is the kind of slate where he's going to be very popular. Uh, big ballpark, fly ball pitcher. I mean, any interest in Estrada tonight? Uh I'm lukewarm on Estrada. He's, ne- I mean, uh, like I, I said before, if if this is a if this is a game, if this is a you know a different day where we don't have so many different options to choose from, we could consider it. But you know, you're, I mean, implied run total for the A's today, three point six nine. That's pretty fair. I mean, that lineup is kind of disappointed here recently. I don't see it. Uh, let me check the price on him real quick. I think that's the other thing we got to consider. Seventeen seven on fantasy draft, nine two on DraftKings, and eighty nine on FanDuel. I mean, I don't do the percent owned for Roto Grinders. If you know who does, uh, I would set him <laughs> at about three percent today, if that, maybe two. I don't think anybody's going to pay those prices with the options that we have out there. I'll let that guy know. I think he might be onto something there. <laughs> All right, he is Chris Jamino. Are you are you on trend spotting today? By the way, I am. I got a lot of work to do when we get done here, so I'm going to get to work right now. Absolutely. Well, that is a part of our uh, incentives um, content here. Uh, our incentives premium incentives are 2015. Uh, our premium content here on Roto Grinders. So certainly check that out. Plate IQ again. RotoGrinders.com/slash/plateiq if you want to take a look at it. And if you got feedback, send us uh, some feedback on support. If you've got ideas that we can improve it, because Chris, I mean, this is you know kind of our baseline. Like everything else, you you build the the base and then you add on from it. Uh, I think it's safe to say, you know, uh, over time, whether it's this season or obviously seasons moving forward, we're going to be adding a lot to this. But this is just kind of like the beginning of of what this tool can be, correct? I have a feeling this is going to become a big part of what you do once we get everything we want to do built in here. Like you said, this is version 1.0, uh, version 5.0. I can't even imagine what it's going to be, but I'm very excited about it. 
All right. We'll check that out in the meantime. And uh, you can find me back on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio again today from 6 to 7. I think Justin joins me on the show, Mr. STL Cardinals, uh, who also has a nice premium column for you as well today where he breaks down every single offensive team uh, and where what he likes for stacks on the day. So pretty cool product or uh, article that he writes there. Uh, Jamino, thanks so much for jumping on with us. Appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. All right. And uh, again, thanks for the listen. Thanks for the download. Thanks for Fantasy Draft for putting their name on this very podcast. Talk to you again tomorrow. I'm Dan Bach. He's Chris Jamino, and we will see ya. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and leather gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Hey, if you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card, and after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details.